Kaohsiung Mayor Tan Ji Mai and his team took office on Monday. The swearing-in ceremony was no frills and less than an hour long, with the mayor said to be eager to get to work. During the ceremony, Chen pledged efficient, responsible governance and called on his team to serve the people with humility. Sporting a dark suit and a fresh haircut, Chen strides in to be sworn in for his first day of work. Chen leads his team in taking a deep bow. And with that, the Chen administration kicks off. The new mayor emphasized the need to govern with humility and to take an efficient and responsible approach to municipal administration. I want to implore all the teams in the city government, never forget that when your mayor gives a 90-degree bow, you need to do the same in the process of administering city affairs. You need to bow 90 degrees just like the mayor, facing the people with a humble heart and governing with humility. When governing, you must meet the expectations of the people. I believe that after I'm in office, I will march to the step of the people and continue to enhance collaboration with our halls of learning. I want all of Taiwan to see that Kaohsiung can be a lot of fun. Let's create something novel that brings everybody to Kaohsiung. The mayor will strive to accomplish four years' worth of work in just two. That is to say, he will get four days' worth of work out of two. We will go all out. Since I have accepted, I will do my best. As I'm making this career transition, it's possible that people may not be used to me in this role outside of the media. Now that I'm the chair, I will need to begin the learning process again. For the new administration, the four key priorities in this early stage will be industrial transformation, job creation, transport construction projects and reducing air pollution. Not long after his swearing-in, the new mayor signed off on his first official document, launching his first inspection tour. Following the underground railway project, progress on the above-ground green corridor has really been too slow. I'm demanding that construction be complete by next January 1st. Aiming to pack four years into two, Chen got off to a flying start on Monday with an inspection of the green corridor project site above Fengshan Station. Vice President Lai Qingde has accused former President Ma Ying-jeou of creating fear, which he said was more terrifying than war. Lai was jumping into the heated weekend exchange between Ma and President Tsai Ing-wen over the prospect of a Chinese invasion. Arriving at the Sanxia Tzu Temple, President Tsai refused to be drawn when questioned about Ma's recent criticism. Over the weekend, she and her predecessor were locked in a war of words over national security. We are opposed to the CCP's military exercises, given that it has never renounced the use of force against Taiwan. However, we also find it unacceptable how our president has chosen the wrong path and rashly pushed the country to the brink of war. Why is it that President Tsai would rather risk war than accept the 1992 consensus, which can promote peace and avert war? Hitting back on Facebook, President Tsai wrote, Don't think that bowing and scraping on the issue of sovereignty would bring about peace. Her response elicited an even fiercer retort from Ma. I 
When I met Xi Jinping in Singapore, we were on equal footing. The U.S. regards Taiping Island as an island, no, a reef. Our foreign ministry does not object. In fact, it expresses welcome. That is bowing and scraping. When our fishermen approach Okinotori Island and were driven off by the Japanese, our Thai administration said nothing. That is bowing and scraping. President Tsai took to Facebook again, writing that former President Ma should think about why his views are so distant from mainstream public opinion. In response to that, Ma said, you can't wake a person who is pretending to be asleep and that the mainstream opinion is in favor of peace. On Monday, Vice President Lai jumped into the fray. Ma Ying-jeou needs to see this clearly. Xi Jinping's five-point proposal has already made it clear that the so-called 1992 consensus is the one-China principle. There is no room for the Republic of China, as proposed by Ma Ying-jeou himself or the KMT. Incidents in Hong Kong keep coming and coming. One country, two systems is a framework that no longer exists. In reality, the master of creating fear is President Tsai, who in last year's election ceaselessly manufactured a sense of national annihilation. In the end, this was how she was elected. I think that during last year's election, Vice President Lai was able to profoundly experience what I'm talking about. Vice President Lai charged Ma with creating divisiveness and fear, which he said was more terrifying than war. National Taiwan University has cancelled Tuesday's highly anticipated release of COVID mask testing data collected in Jianghua County. This summer, NTU's College of Public Health tested some 10,000 Jianghua locals for antibodies that would indicate past infection by COVID-19. On Monday, two professors leading the study said the findings would not be announced as scheduled. They said they were, quote, unable to complete administrative tasks in time. They did not announce a new date for the announcement. The researchers had released some preliminary findings earlier this month. The data was alarming, indicating the presence of previously undetected COVID cases in Jianghua County. Health Minister Sun Zedong called on the researchers to give a clear reason for the cancellation, saying that ambiguity would only fan public fears. The cancellation comes amid the health chief's investigation into the Jianghua County government, which carried out COVID testing in violation of protocol. Tightening U.S. sanctions on Huawei are sending ripples down the firm's chain of Taiwanese suppliers. Shares of several Taiwanese suppliers, including MediaTek and Qingyuan Electronics, have taken a beating in recent sessions. Reports say a Taiwanese supplier even received a notice that Huawei plans to suspend a project due to chip shortages. Analysts say Huawei, currently the biggest smartphone maker in the world, could face heavy losses next year. Uh, they recently said that they may not have enough chips uh, moving forward, uh, at least as far as high-end smartphone chips go, because of these U.S.-backed uh, restrictions. Washington's crackdown on Huawei is being felt by its Taiwanese suppliers. Reports say one supplier was informed that Huawei had suspended a project due to a chip shortage. Huawei became the largest smartphone maker in the world this year. The company sold around 55.8 million handsets in the second quarter for market share of 20 percent. It sold 105 million phones in the first half of the year. Analysts say a break in Huawei's chipset supply chain could greatly hamper sales next year. 
In recent trading sessions, shares of Huawei's Taiwanese suppliers have been feeling the pain. Affected firms include chipmaker MediaTek, chip packaging and testing companies Qingyuan and eMemory Technology, and printed circuit board maker Unimicron. Even if in the future, other Chinese firms such as Xiaomi or Oppo come to fill this gap. I think that time-wise, it's unlikely they'll step in directly and make up for Huawei's orders. So over the short term, volatility will affect Taiwanese suppliers as well as U.S. semiconductor firms. We'll need to pay particular attention to that over this period. American firm NVIDIA, which was founded by Taiwan-born businessman Jensen Huang, is also involved in the U.S.-China trade war. NVIDIA is reportedly in talks with Japan's SoftBank Group to acquire semiconductor designer Arm with an asking price of 40 billion pounds. If it goes ahead, China's phone brands will find it exceedingly hard to elude U.S. sanctions. Many people have weighed in on the Huawei ban. I think I reserve my comments on that because for Taiwanese people, any change in the environment is an opportunity to seize. The U.S. has tightened its restrictions on Huawei, which could send the firm crashing out of the smartphone market. Taiwanese suppliers are bracing for the impact. Babies fed only breast milk are nine times more likely to develop anemia than babies fed both breast milk and formula. That's according to a new study from researchers at Tanggung Memorial Hospital. They also found that breastfed babies are six times more likely to suffer from vitamin D deficiency. But baby formula is still no substitute for breast milk, which contains antibodies that help babies fight off viruses. Doctors encourage moms to breastfeed but to supplement their baby's diet with vitamin D and iron. Changes are afoot in Taiwan's media streaming market. New rules will soon come into effect, banning Chinese streaming firms from hiring Taiwan servers, marketing companies and customer service providers. For subscribers of the Chinese service ITE, this could spell higher fees and slower streaming, as they'll have to access content through foreign servers. But for homegrown streaming companies, the new rules could be a chance to gain market share. Taiwan has more than 15 million gamers. Harnessing state-of-the-art streaming technology, domestic firms are launching 5G cloud services to service the gaming market. Besides taking aim at gamers, companies have set sights on winning over video streamers. Chinese streaming service ITE launched in Taiwan in 2016, attracting many subscribers with its buffet of Chinese dramas. But the service has been shrouded in controversy. Last week, the economics ministry announced a plan to ban Taiwanese firms from providing business support for Chinese multimedia platforms. This means that services like ITE and Tencent will be left without local agents or distributors as early as September 3rd. Taiwan streaming firms say this could be their chance to grab more market share. Over these past few years, we've been working very hard on building up original local content. So we will continue growing and increasing our investment in original local productions. I think that's the crux of it for us. Taiwan's video streaming market is led by YouTube, followed by IT, Line TV and Netflix. Local firm Lee TV ranks number five. My video has over four million members. Actually, we have always had millions of active users watching content every month. They are loyal users of our services. If there are changes in the market, we of course would like to gain some new users. Change is around the bend and certain subscribers could be looking to jump ship. 
For homegrown streaming outfits, the shifts in the tide will bring a big test and a big opportunity. In the wake of its crackdown on ITE, the Ministry of Economic Affairs has turned its sights to the online shopping site Taobao Taiwan. On Monday, the ministry announced a 410,000 NT fine on Taobao Taiwan for erroneously registering as a foreign company. Taobao Taiwan will have six months to withdraw its, its investment or to re-register as a Chinese firm. Taobao Taiwan was launched in 2019 by a British-registered company called Cladder Venture Investment. According to the Economics Ministry, Cladder Venture is effectively controlled by China's Alibaba Group. Taiwan officials said Taobao is in violation of laws governing Chinese investment and Taiwan-China relations. Located in Taipei's Wanhua district, Mongjia Park is home to a sizable homeless population. This month, a group of volunteers went to the park to reach out to some of society's least privileged. Stephanie Yang reports. The pastor leads the way as volunteers walk with him through Mongjia Park. <laughs> they hand out prayer cards, cookies and gifts. They stop to speak with the people in the park, many of whom are homeless and elderly. This woman said she's been feeling pain in her arms. Another man said he's been deaf in one year for 80 years. He asked for a prayer to heal his ear. He said he would be willing to visit church one day. The volunteers are participating in Hope Week, an annual outreach program hosted by a Taipei church called The Hope. Each year, Hope Week volunteers give their time to welfare organizations to help local communities. Through Hope Week, what we want to, what we want our people at our church to understand is that church isn't just a place you go. It's not just a building. It's not. Uh, it's not. It's not something you attend. Church is who we are, and what that means is we're not just waiting for people to come to church. We have to go outside and be the church and do what Jesus did. On August 13th, volunteers went to Mongjia Park to give gifts and pray for the homeless and elderly population. They were guided by the Wanhua Bread of Life Gospel Center, which was formed 13 years ago to serve the underprivileged, elderly and homeless people of Wanhua. Uh, every Saturday, uh, we offer worship service. Uh, we have sermon uh, and we sing hymns we pray together uh, we teach them to know uh, the word of god uh, to to help them to bring uh, to to experience the the power of god uh, that's our hope uh, and um, we wish uh, to to bring about a long-term life change without life change uh, we just meet the temporary uh, physical need the bread of life gospel center wanhua distributes food, clothing, and other material needs. It also has venues which offer shelter and worship services. Through its outreach, it hopes to help underprivileged people change their lives for the long term. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Huang Yutun in Taipei. The three-day Joint Indigenous Harvest Festival concluded Sunday in Hualien County. More than 40 indigenous performance groups took part in the annual event, which also showcased local crafts and delicacies. One highlight was an exuberant thousand-person dance that took place over three days.
This thousand-person dance was one of the most popular events at the Joint Indigenous Harvest Festival. Even Hualien Commissioner Xu Zhenwei was dancing to the beat that had the whole crowd up on its feet. This is the largest indigenous festival in Taiwan, which ran from August 21st to 23rd at a field by Hualien County Stadium. For three days in a row, indigenous performers filled the venue with song and dance starting at 5.30 p.m. The annual Hualien County Joint Indigenous Harvest Festival is in full swing. This year's theme is Fang Talai Today, which means today is beautiful in Amis. The three days of the festival will see almost 40 indigenous organizations take the stage, attracting visitors from all over Taiwan. Commissioner Xu said the iconic festival was a showcase of the beauty of Hualien's indigenous culture. This year, the festival invited a group of Tzu people from Jai's Ali Shan to join the celebrations. Get to know Hualien's indigenous people and get to know the indigenous people of Taiwan. Fall in love with Hualien, enjoy Hualien. You can even immerse yourself in a tribe to better understand tribal culture. The beauty of Taiwan is in the depth of our culture. The beauty of Taiwan is in the diversity of our culture. Besides song and dance, the three-day harvest festival saw more than 100 vendors offer cultural products, local delicacies, agricultural goods, and DIY workshops. With the aroma of roast pig filling the air, it was a thrilling event not to be missed. A cake should taste good and look good. That's the belief of a baker in Shinzu who has gained quite a following with his tasty, beautifully decorated cakes. The cakes are baked fresh in the store and decorated expertly with a wide array of ornaments. There are cakes with golden crowns, magical unicorns and even gambling chips and edible money. Steaming hot cakes are pulled from the oven and expertly cut into even layers. Filling is then slathered on each layer as the cake is stacked up high. Next, the cake is placed on a rotating stand where it is dressed with frosting in four colors. A birthday topper is inserted in the cake. Then two unicorn figurines are nestled on top. The fantasy cake is done. Its imaginative design makes it an eye-catching treat. I think the unicorn figurines are very cute. It's like a fantasy, a great choice for girly girls. This fantastical confection is just one cake on the menu. There's also this mahjong-themed cake that's a sure win. Four banknotes made of rice paper prop up six chocolate mahjong tiles and gaming chips. It's a cake that looks every bit as good as it tastes. The most realistic part is probably the mahjong tiles. They look very real. They've paid attention to every detail. It tastes different from other shops' cakes. It's quite unique. They look gorgeous. You get a sense of low-key luxury. These desserts are made with fresh cream and fruit puree imported from France. Paired with the shop's own handmade ornaments, all kinds of fascinating cakes come out of this shop. There's a crown cake fit for royalty, the double unicorn fantasy cake, and the mahjong cake. They've got extravagant looks and a fluffy interior. They're not too sweet and the price is right, making them a hit with the customers. The decorations are quite refined. They're suitable for celebrating wedding anniversaries or marking the first month of a newborn. We did a lot of experimentation, because if you put a lot of things on the cake, it can melt or become deformed. 
We have to process the decorations before we can display them on the cake. There's a lot of testing that goes into the process, and this bakery has turned cakes into an art. It hopes to become the go-to bakery for people celebrating a special event.